Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Well, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app on your mobile phone, um, please turn with me to the book of Luke. Uh, we're going to be reading from uh, chapter number two, Luke chapter two, and uh, it uh, beginning in verse one, it reads, And in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field watching over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angels said to them, fear not for behold, I bring to you great news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And uh, this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, I just want to say, well, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Sherman Burkhead. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church, and uh, we just want to say welcome. And we're excited and really we're we're thrilled that uh, you were here with us today, especially this this time of year, uh, because this is really kind of like a wonderful and exciting, you know, time of year. Uh, I mean, you know, it's Christmas, right? Um, We have Christmas movies, and we have the lights, and we have music, and uh, all those people who make that wonderful specialty candy and good food and... Christmas carols, and then, you know, things like Black Friday, right? And, uh, and, and even last-minute Christmas Eve shopping, you all know who you are. And uh, so it's, it's a busy and exciting time of year, and, 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 and there's just so much going on and so much to do, and I'm sure that all of you have already made your plans for, for next weekend. I'm sure you're ready to spend, you know, Christmas with your families, opening up presents, having that wonderful, you know, Christmas meal, and, and, and continuing on those wonderful Christmas traditions. But I want you to know, we at First Baptist Church, um, this Christmas, we want you to know that uh, we hope that, that your time together is filled with joy and closeness, um, and that your Christmas this year is filled with the hope um, that this season brings. In fact, um, hope is really exactly what we want to talk about today, um, because today's message is titled, Hope is Born. And you know, the reality is, is the word hope is, is a word that we all identify with. We're all very familiar with it. We kind of instinctively know what the word means when we hear it. Uh, but the truth is, the word hope really is, is a, one of those words. It's really short, and we kind of know what it is, but it defies really simple definitions because it, it means so much to so many different people. We all have kind of our perspective of what hope is. I mean, for many of us, uh, hope is kind of like a wish, right? I hope it doesn't rain today. 
right? I, I hope the wind doesn't blow. Too bad we live in Boron. Um, I, I, I hope it's, you know, I can find a parking spot that isn't two miles from the door at the mall, right? right? I hope my kids, you know, don't ask me anymore to open another early Christmas present, right? I mean, hope, you know, for some people is kind of like a wish, right? And sometimes those wishes come true and sometimes they don't. But sometimes hope is also kind of an expression of wishing somebody well. Like, I hope your mom, I heard your mom is in the hospital. I hope that she gets better. I hope you pass that test. I hope, you know, that uh, you get what you want for Christmas, right? I hope you enti- enjoy your time together uh, as a family. These are expressions that people use to wish each other, you know, good things and, and, and warm wishes, right? I hope it works out for you. These are the things that people say. And then there, there are people who use hope as an expression of anticipation, right? I hope I get that house. I hope I get that job, right? I hope I can finish it on time. I hope I get an A on this project, right? right? This type of hope has a sense of expectation. There's a sense of anticipation that what is hoped for actually might come true. It's a sense of confidence in that hope. You know, even though that, that it hasn't happened yet, we, and even though you ha- can't see it, there's still this kind of sense of anticipated reality. It's a sense of genuine expectation. Even, in fact, the Bible kind of weighs in on that and says, now hope that is seen is not hope. For, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. See, for many, this kind of hope is this patient expectation of something actually coming true and becoming a reality. It's more than just simply a wish. It's something that we expect, and, it, and, it, and if it doesn't come true, then, then we're disappointed, and, and we're hurt, and we feel like our hopes have been dashed. But hope comes in a lot of forms. It comes in a lot of different ways. There's, there's lots of different things to hope for. Some people say, you know, I hope my team wins the Super Bowl. In fact, there's a lot of people that are hoping that right now, right? In fact, there's a lot of people who are hoping that the Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl, you know, and I have to tell you, I'm not one of them. And I'm sorry, to, if it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry, I didn't, you know. In fact, there's two things I hope for during Super Bowl season, is that the Dallas Cowboys don't win and the Patriots don't win. So, um, and, and you can say I'm a hater, I'm okay with that, it doesn't hurt my feelings either, but that's just who I am, okay? That's just the way that it is. I've had somebody ask me, said, what happens to you if, if the Dallas Cowboys play the, uh, the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl, what, what, what do you hope for then? I go, for... For the stadium to blow up? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but the thing, <laughs> the thing is, is we hope for lots of things, right? I mean, many people hope for love, right? Um, they, they hope that somebody will come into their life they can have a relationship with. Uh, people hope to get married. People, other people hope to have kids. Other people hope not to have kids. Um, others hope to, to have a good job. Others, you know, hope to get enough money so they can retire early. Some people hope that, that you know... Um, that their car will start tomorrow, you know? Other people, you know, hope that, that the right person gets elected for president. And for some people, that happened. And for others, it didn't happen, right? But for people, you know, we, we hope for lots of different things. And, and in fact, our kids are hoping right now. I promise you that. They are hoping. I know my kids are for Christmas presents. In fact, I know what my son's hoping for. He's hoping for an Xbox One and another year subscription to Xbox Live Gold. That's what he's hoping for. And I know my daughter, she hasn't really expressed it out loud, but secretly I know she's hoping that some miracle will take place and someday we'd be able to afford for her to have her own horse. And I can tell you that's probably not going to happen this year, but, <laughs> or anytime soon, but, 
But I know that's what she's hoping for, right? But our kids, they, they're hoping for Christmas things. And, and, and you know, people, people have their hopes. And beyond that, there are people around the world who hope for things like, you know, just enough food to eat. You know, some people just hope that they have decent clothes to wear. Other people, you know, around the world hope for a day when they don't have to walk three miles to go get, you know, to go get drinking water. There are some people who, who hope to live in a country where they can speak their mind freely without the fear of being killed. There are some people who hope that they could, you know, live one day in a country where they could actually, you know, talk about Jesus openly without the fear of somebody persecuting them. I mean, there are lots of hopes and lots of reasons to hope. And there are varieties of hopes. And, and some of these hopes are big. Some of these hopes are small. Some are really important and some are, are not. I mean, we all, every one of us have our own hopes and dreams and, and, and wishes and expectations. Um, we, we, have, we have things that we hope for. And, and, and some of those hopes that we have are pipe dreams. And, and, and some of those you know, are reasonable expectations, right? We all have hopes. Well, today... I want to talk about hope, but I want to talk about the most important hope that we could ever have. In fact, um, I'm going to be really just brutally honest with you here uh, before Christmas. Um, and, and I want to tell you that all the other hopes that you have, all the other hopes I have, all the hopes that we could ever have, all those hopes you know, that, that, that we could ever even imagine, those hopes are in essence in vain, if this other hope that we're going to talk about today doesn't come true. That's the bottom line truth, all right? And, and I'm not just trying to be dark and pessimistic here on Christmas. I, I want to be real with you. In fact, one of the things I want you to understand is my job as a pastor and as a Christian, my job is not to get you to like me, even though I want you to like me, okay? My job as a minister of the gospel is, to, is not to tell you things to make you feel better, even though I want you to feel good about yourself, Okay? My job as a Christian man isn't to make you feel warm and fuzzy, though I would like for that to happen at some point today. My job as a witness to Christ and his saving work and, and, and as someone who loves Jesus and is passionate about what he said and what he did, my job is to tell you the absolute truth, even if we don't like to hear it. And so the absolute truth that, 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 that we have... Um, the absolute truth is we have a lot to, to hope for. We have lots of reasons to hope. We have lots of things to hope for in our lives. But all of those things are in vain. All of those things that we hope for will amount to nothing if our ultimate hope is not set on Christ. All the things that we hope for are in vain if our hope is not set on Christ. You see, one of the things that we oftentimes forget, especially in a country like ours, okay? I mean, because we live, let's just be honest, we live in a country, in a time in history where there is really a lot of affluence. Um, there's a lot of affluence around us. I mean, the, even the poorest among us have electricity and high-speed internet and cell phones and air conditioning and running water, and, and, and food. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, because think about this. We live in a country where you don't have to walk three miles to go get a gallon of drinking water, right? We, we live in a country where no one's actually having to take two liter, water, two liter bottles and, and string to make their own shoes, okay? We live in a country, you know, that makes sure that basically everybody has something to eat and that everybody, at least on some level, has access to medical care. The reality is is we live in a world where we are affluent. And for the most part, most of us live pretty good. Okay? Most of us in this room live pretty good. In fact, most of us are actually in pursuit of our own version of the American dream. Right? We have our own ambitions. We have our own wants and desires. We want more things. We are still hoping for bigger and better things. We want our kids to live better than, than, than the life that we had. Right? I mean, I, I know that I do. And we hope that, that we would have enough 
enough time to do the things that we want to do. We hope to have fun, right, and live for the weekends and go camping and quad riding and vacations and fishing and take our kids to Disneyland and, and to travel with, with, our, with our family. There are things that we hope for and we think about and, and, and they become important to our lives and these things are fine. But we live in a world that is so affluent that I think that, that there's something that we forgot, we become so distracted by everything that we have and everything that we want in this life that we forget you know, a foundational truth that I think all of us really need to come face to face with, especially on Christmas. The foundational truth that, that, that we have to come face to face with is really no matter how wonderful your life is and, and, and really no matter how great Christmas is and how much stuff you get or how much money you earn, no matter how well liked you are, no matter how popular you are, no, no matter how many years of retirement you actually get to enjoy, right? And no matter how many incredible grandchildren you have, every grandparent thinks their, their grandchildren are perfect, that's fine. But no matter how many incredible grandchildren you have, no matter how wonderful your family is, and no matter how rewarding your job is, or how many times your team wins the Super Bowl, the reality is, the truth that you need to face is... There's a point in your life that every bit of this will come to an end. That's the reality. That this life and all that you hope for in this life will come to an end. That's the inescapable part that everybody has to face. Whether you believe in Jesus or whether you don't believe in Jesus. Whether you believe that there is a God or you think that there is no God. Whether you, you know, are someone who like, doesn't know or you're somebody who doesn't care. This life and all its hopes at some point will come to an end. And it doesn't matter how great things are or how bad things are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're dirt poor. We're all, every one of us, headed to the same point. We are all destined for the grave. That is the bottom line reality that we need to face. Which leads to, really, the next issue. Because if that's what happens, then, then, then what? What about our hopes? What about all those things that we hope for and we spend so much time thinking about and caring about? What happens to our hopes when we die? I mean, you've heard of people, I know I've heard of people who, who, when they get buried, they take possessions with them. We've heard of people who've been buried with cars, right? We've heard of people who've been buried with money and, and, and material things. I mean, and this isn't new. I mean, people have been doing this for, for centuries. People throughout history have been buried with stuff. That's why they have grave, rob, grave robbers, right? They go and they get buried with valuable stuff. But, but you know how the old saying goes, you know? You can't take it with you. I mean, people try, but you, you know, we know that you can't take it with you, right? In fact, the Bible even says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. It's pretty obvious. You're not taking any of it with you, right? And so, so what comes of our hopes then when you die? What comes of the hopes of early retirement? What comes of the hopes of getting that date with that beautiful woman? What comes of that hopes of getting that new car or the bigger house, Right? What comes of our hopes of watching your, your son grow up to be a man? What comes of, of those hopes when you, when you see your child, of wanting to see your child grow up and get married and have kids of their own? What happens when you, to that hope that one of these days your daughter will start talking to you again? What happens to that, that hope that, that you, will, you will finally be re, re, reconciled with your mom? What happens to that hope that one of these days all of the members of your family will finally come in and be in one room and talk to each other without fighting? What happens to all those hopes when you die? And then more than that, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to concede it or not, there's, there's another truth. God is real. There is a God. 
right? Which means, okay, there's a bigger issue that you're facing, all right? An issue that is profoundly influencing all of your hope, okay? And that issue that you face is that all of us, you and me, and everyone we know, were created by God. We belong to God, okay? We are his, which means we are ultimately accountable to God. You see, he made us. He brought us into existence. He, 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 he gave us life, so we belong to him, So, which means we owe him something. We're accountable to him, which means ultimately our hope rests in him. But then there's the problem. And so the problem is, is we by our natures are, are enemies of God. We are his enemy, right? We, we, we're not close to God. We're separated from God. We're, we are his enemies. And the reason for, for that is because we're all sinners. We've fallen short. We have, we've been covered in our sin. And this is where many of us get really uncomfortable because in our culture and in our time right now, people don't like to hear words like sin and repentance or, or hell and things like that. The truth, you know, that, that comes from those words, but that's the truth, right? We are all sinners and we are enemies of God, but so many of us have adopted this kind of like rationale or this idea, well, I'm a good person, right? I'm not an enemy of God because I'm a good person. But beyond us telling ourselves that, I think we kind of know that that's probably not going to be the truth. I mean, you might be a good person compared to somebody like Adolf Hitler or Hillary Clinton or maybe even Donald Trump, Right? But, but I think that all of us deep down understand that there's something wrong with us. I think that we all understand that, that we are not really good people at heart. I think we all understand that we're broken at some level. I mean, we've all experienced our own brokenness. We know that we're broken, right? I mean, we know that we, we, do, we, we do things that we shouldn't do, right? We think things that we shouldn't think. We act out on things that we shouldn't act out on. We're influenced by things that shouldn't influence us. And we're tempted by things that shouldn't even remotely tempt us. We are broken and flawed human beings, and we all really instinctively know we are. That's, that's, there's not one of us who would actually dare to claim perfection because we know, we know we can't live up to that. We aren't going to be able to measure up to that. And that's the problem. That's the problem because our standard you know, of being good is, isn't good enough. It's actually really way too low. The standard is perfection, and you and I cannot measure up to that. You see, when we die, we don't just simply vanish into thin air and then just fade away into oblivion. We actually, the Bible tells us, end up face to face with a holy and righteous God who then pronounces judgment on our life, right? We get judged for everything that we ever do in this life and and all of our hopes from, from this life we'll end up coming to nothing because we end up spending not just our current life separated from God, but then we spend all of eternity separated from God as well. And not only are we separated from God, but we're separated from everyone we've ever loved and everyone we've ever cared about and everyone that's ever been important to us. And all of our accomplishments mean nothing. And all that we've done means nothing. And all the things that we've cared about means nothing. It all comes to nothing. Our hopes become completely irrelevant. And so as much as you hope for and and care about in this life and all those things that that, that are really important to you are irrelevant in eternity if you're standing in the darkness. Because that's what hell is. It's complete separation from God and all the people and all the goodness in the darkness, in the pain, in the torment. 
It's the loss of family, the loss of friends, the loss of everything, complete silence, complete abandonment, completely alone with no hope whatsoever. That's the horrific truth that we all need to face. We are broken sinners with an appointment to stand before God to be judged someday. And we're all, we are all going to meet that. We're all going to die. We're all going to stand before a holy, righteous God, and we're going to be judged for our sins. And the penalty for that is to be cast into the lake of fire, which is exactly what we deserve. And again, we want to think about, you know, we're somehow, some way there's some written exclusion for, for us, right? I'm a good person, really. I mean, think about this. Think about the, thing, the thoughts that you have. All right? You don't have to tell anybody out loud. You know, I'm not asking you to confess anything, but just be honest with yourself and think about the stuff that you've thought about this week. Right? And think, think about the things that you've done in your life that nobody even knows about, that you are so ashamed of you won't even talk about. You know, and I know, that there are things that you've done in your life that have excluded you from, from that. We know for a fact that you're not the good person that you pretend to be. We are all flawed and broken on a deep level. And because of that, we rightly deserve what we get. And to make it even worse, right? If it wasn't even bad enough to make it worse, we can't fix it, okay? This isn't something that, 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 that we can do. I mean, and we, we really need to come to terms with this because this is, I mean, the reality is this is America and we have this idea, I messed up so I can fix it. Right? That's just kind of who we are. We've, we've, we've fallen down. I'm going to get back up. Right? I broke it. I can fix it. I've, I've done some wrong things, so I'm going to do some right things. I mean, this is Christmas. That's, this, is, this is what our kids live by. Right? They have this understanding right, that there's an incentive to be good, but they're not going to be good all year long. So what they think is I'm going to do enough good stuff to overcome my bad stuff, and then Santa will then go ahead and give me the presents that I rightfully deserve. That's how that works, but that's not how it works with God. You see, the Bible tells us that, that we have all become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. The best that we can do, the very best that we can offer God is trash before him. And understand, it's not because the, things that we, the good things we do aren't, aren't good. It's just that they cannot wipe away the stain of our sin. Feeding people is good, but it's not taking away your sin. Loving your neighbor is good, but it's not taking away your sin. All right? Our sin requires something substantially more than what we ourselves can do. And so there's no way for us to fix it. We can't fix it. We can't solve it. We can't make it better. And we can't undo it. So in essence, in essence, we are hopeless. We're hopeless. Because ultimately, what does your hope amount to if you die and you're destined to spend eternity in the dark. And you're separated from God and all that is good forever. Ultimately, where is your hope? All that we hope for, all that, that you hope for your families and for your kids and, and for our lives is reduced to nothing. All of those dreams of, of homes and cars and grandchildren and popularity and careers are reduced to ashes. Right? When we continue to be the enemies of God, ultimately, where is our hope? If, if, if we can't fix it, where does our hope come from? Well, that's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. That's, why we, that's the reason why we celebrate these songs and we come back and we sing them over and over again is because our hope was literally born into history. Our hope, the greatest hope of our lives, right, was literally born 
into history. Our hope is God coming in the form of a child who literally was born 2,000 years ago. God himself came to the earth as a baby so that he would grow up one day and save his people. And that is what Christmas is all about. That's the point of the Christmas story. That's why we're here today. That's why we celebrate. That's why they celebrated 2,000 years ago. They were waiting for it. And and when it happened, when Jesus was born, they celebrated. That's why we hear about the angels celebrating and the shepherds celebrating and the magi. And and that's why Simeon and Anna celebrated. That's why we even hear the story about John the Baptist in his mother's womb, hearing the voice of Jesus's mom, and he leaps for joy because even he was waiting for it. Hope, real, unshakable hope. Our hope was born into the world and became incarnate. Hope literally came into the world. For 400 years, when the voice of God was silent, faithful people were waiting for this hope, the promise that God had given. Prophecies foretold about this day, and people waited and watched for Christ to come. This was, this was a dream for them. This was something that they told their kids about over and over again. This was what they waited and hoped for. And it finally, one day, became real. God himself stepped into the world, into history in the form of a newborn baby. And that baby grew up to become a man. And not just any man, all right? But the God-man, fully God, fully man in one body, the hope of the entire universe in bodily form. The baby grew up to be a man and he lived a perfect sinless life, a life without error, a life without defect, a life without vanity or jealousy or greed or lust, a perfect life, a life that I can't live and that you can't live, a life where, where that we have no hope to live. He lived a life of complete obedience to his father, completely faithful to do what the word said, completely faithful to live a life that we ought to live, but we can't because of the powers of sin in our lives. And and if that were not enough, if living a perfect life wasn't enough, that baby, that man willingly, and I say willingly, went to the cross and suffered horrifically at the hands of his enemies. Um, But that's not even all. Right? He took upon himself then the wrath of his father, God the Father, the wrath that we rightfully deserved. Okay? It was our sin. It was our punishment. We deserved it, but he willingly took our place and allowed himself to be tortured and beaten on our behalf. And even worse, he died naked and alone on that cross for us. That's why this baby That's what this baby did for us. That's what this man did for us. That's what he did for you. But why? Why would he do that? Why would he do that for you? Right? He did it because he wanted you to have hope. Real hope. He did it so that you would be spared and you would go free. He did it so that you would be saved from your sin and that you would not get the hell that you deserve, but instead that you would receive the gift of eternal life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is why Jesus did what he did. That's, that, that, that's why he came. That way we don't have to spend an eternity of, 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 of a life of hopelessness in hell, but instead we, we get the greatest hope that anybody could ever realize 
That we get to stand forever in the presence of God with eternal life. That was the point. Christ came into the world to do just that. This is the work that he came to do. This is what he came to accomplish. He was born for this. Hope was born so he could grow up and do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, which is to pay the penalty of our sin because the penalty of our sin is too great for any of us to bear. We can't pay it. The penalty of our sin is death and permanent exile from the presence of God. And so we were doomed. We were hopeless. There was nothing we could do. There's nothing we could accomplish on our own. We were broken sinners, but Jesus came and bore our punishment in his own body, the penalty of our own sin. And in the, in the greatest problem that you and I are ever going to face has been solved for us permanently. Our sin problem has been dealt with. And then, as the Bible clearly teaches, if, if we will turn to him and put our faith in him, okay, Jesus will save us. We will be saved. Because Jesus, that same man, this baby, okay, this baby boy not only was miraculously born in the world, and not only did our, he die for our sins, uh, but he was miraculously raised back to life, proving that he is what he claimed to be and that he can do what he promised to do, which is to save us from our sins. That is our hope, my friends. That's the hope of Christmas. Okay? And, and, and our hope grows out of that because just as Christ was resurrected, one day we will be resurrected. And our hope goes from an ash heap of spending eternity in hell all right, to spending eternity with God. And when we die, we will immediately be in the presence, in the presence of Jesus with all those who died in Christ before us. But more than that, our hope continues to grow because there's, there's coming a time when Christ is actually coming back to this world. And when he does, history will have run its course and be finished. And Christ will make all things right and all things new. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And when that time comes, there will be no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more death and no more hopelessness and no more depression and no more misunderstandings ever again. We will spend forever and eternity with God as his people. All that you hope in this world, hear me, all that you hope in this world is not in vain and is not lost if you ultimately hope in Jesus Christ. Understand, all that you hope in, hope for in this world is not in vain and it is not lost if the center of your hope is Jesus Christ. Your hope in Christ brings real hope to the rest of your life. Your hope in Christ brings real hope to your life as a parent. Your hope in Christ brings life, uh, brings real hope to your life as a spouse or as a student. Your hope in Christ brings real hope to your life as a child or as an employee or as a community member. And, and the reason for that is, is that your ultimate hope is fixed on something that can't be shaken, something that will never fade, something that will never, ever let you down. Your hope is fixed on Jesus, God himself. And when all other hope fails, this, this hope never fails. Now today, as I wrap up, I want to be honest with you. Um, two weeks ago, I had a different direction I was going with this. Um, this Christmas season has really brought me a lot of joy. Um, but it has also brought me very, very deep sorrow. I mean, as you may know, we have found out that we lost somebody that was really special to us all. And uh, 
And before that happened, this message had a different feel to it. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest, I had, I personally had a lot of hopes. I mean, I watched that man grow up from a kid that nobody talked to, to a kid that thought about committing suicide, to a kid that was an outcast, to somebody that was vibrant and alive and, and happy, you know, all of us remember his smiles and, and, and watching him grow up and, and accomplish things that, that weren't possible for him before. And, and, and watching that happen, I had hopes for him. And so did his mom. Had, they had hopes for him, right? Hopes to see what kind of man he would become. Hopes that he would grow up and get married and have his own kids. Hopes that he would go on and inspire more people because he's inspired a lot of people already. Hopes of seeing him again for the holidays. And I know Devin himself had his own hopes. He had his own dreams. But all those hopes were, were cut short because we, we, we found out that, that he, he died somewhere between the end of May and the beginning of June. And um, his life was way too, too short. But let me, let me just tell you something. Our hopes may not be realized for, for Devin, but Devin's ultimate hope came true. You see, it didn't matter what we hoped and what he would have accomplished in his life if he didn't have that other hope. Because Devin put his faith and his hope and trust in Jesus Christ. I know because I was there. All right. He put his hope in Christ, which means that right now, our friend Devin lives on in the presence of God. And ultimately, our hope for Devin has not failed. Because those of us who loved him and who trust in Christ... We'll see Devin's smiling face again. And that, my friends, is why hope was born 2,000 years ago. That is why Jesus came into the world 2,000 years ago to give us that confidence and that hope. And that's why we continue to celebrate Christmas. No, it's not about presents. It's not about all the food I like to eat. Right? It's not even about the Christmas carols we like to sing. It is about the hope that no matter what happens in this life, we're going to stand in perfection in the presence of God with those we love and care about. Jesus came into the world so that our eternal hope would never fail and never fade and never be taken from us. The hope that we would spend eternity with Christ, with all those that we love, like Devin. And as Jesus himself said in Revelation twenty two twenty. Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let me pray for you. Father, to be honest with you, you know where my heart is. You know that this is like the, one of the most, my favorite time of the year but you know that I'm, that I'm struggling. You know, our community is struggling. You know, we all are struggling. But in this, if Devin hadn't already taught me enough, he's continued to teach me even more that our ultimate hope isn't the things that we do here on earth. The ultimate hope isn't the things that we have or the possessions we earn. Our hope is, in fact, that we have life in you. Your word says that you came to give life and life abundantly. You said that your sheep hear your voice, right? And that you'll never lose one of us. And we know that you haven't lost 
my dear friend, Devin. And so I pray, Lord God, that right now as we celebrate Christmas, that we would keep our eyes on that. That, Lord, we would, we would rejoice and celebrate that. And we would get past the tears and we would hug our, our kids and our grandkids. And we would spend time with our families. And that this would be a time of joy and rejoicing and a closeness with our, with our children. But I pray that in that, though, we'd never lose sight of the fact that there was a reason why you came. You were born to die. That's the reality. You were born to die in our place so we could be set free. And so I pray that all of us, Lord, would come to that place right now of where we would be mindful of that. And if, we're, and if there was someone here, Lord, that doesn't know you and has not put their faith and their trust in you, Lord, you would usher them into your presence right now, Lord, that you would fill them up with your spirit and you would, they would hear your, your divine call on their life, Lord, and you would give them that urging to come to you and put their faith and their hope and their trust in you today. And Lord, that they would be saved and know what the true hope of Christmas is about. That they'd move from this Americanized kind of like Christmas to the real Christmas that you had in mind, which is people putting their hope and trust in our King and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. And please consider partnering with us financially as we share the hope and the healing of Jesus Christ with our community and with the world.